I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We are live. I am live. Uh, Steven Milhausen here, Sporting News and the Zone. And man, happy Monday, August the 17th, 2020. Such a intriguing time in, in the world. You know, there's a lot of different things going on. And whether it's personal or it's in my world, the world of MMA, boxing, and the world of professional wrestling. But wanna, b- before we get into all the other parameters of what we're going to be doing today, thank you to everybody who watched along for the UFC 252 re- recap show. Just wanted to try it out, exceeded my expectations, not just on YouTube, but also on the podcast version, the audio version. So thank you, everybody, so much. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, and it'll help us shoot up. It help me shoot up it, the podcast up in the YouTube rankings. And also, if you're listening on the audio version, listen on all your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, um. Spotify, you name it. If it's there, awesome. Just listen to it. Overcast, Anchor, we're getting a lot of downloads on Overcast. I've never heard of Overcast until seeing a bunch of downloads from there yesterday. So on Sunday. So thank you guys so much. We're going to be trying something different here. And normally don't do this. But I want to try something new because I just want to see if it works. And... You know, I think we need some variety in this world. And there's not a lot of variety in MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling podcasts these days. There's really not. And there's a lot of good ones. How people are doing them is to each his own. I feel like there's a way I think this could work. I've done it before. I've taken a podcast from another platform and made it in this top 200 podcasts on Stitcher and iTunes and you know I can I know what works 
this is something new. I think this could be something really good. What we're going to, what I want to start doing and we're going to start doing going forward are going to be watch alongs. Certain particular, whether it's events on, from the past, whether it was on WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, or WCW on Nitro, Thunder, or WCW pay-per-views, or um, things on um, ECW TV, was ECW TV, or on pay-per-view. And I thought, why not start today? And I was sc- scrolling through Twitter um, on Sunday, and it, I was like, man... And I was gonna do it. I was just trying. I was going to do it later on in this week. We were gonna. I was going to do this, but I caught my eye, and I'm like, you know what? It's not a particular. And I want to kind of keep it around like five, ten year, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty year anniversaries. But this one really caught my eye. Twenty-two years ago today, on August the seventeenth, in nineteen ninety-eight, the Ultimate Warrior debuted in WCW. By this stage of the game, he was just known as the Warrior. So that is what the topic is going to be today. The Ultimate Warrior debuts in World Championship Wrestling. We're going to do these going forward. I'm gonna, I hope this is going to be a lot of fun because I watched this episode last night. I watched it from beginning to end. Just to kind of get a feel. And then I did all the research, the historical context, everything leading up to this particular particular show. Now, we're not going to do a watch along of the entire show. I have it on right now. If you want to turn it on, it's on August the 17th, 2000, uh, 1998. I'm already... Mm, I'm like 12 minutes into this show. Just because I... Just to look at it in the Nitro. Wow, I made the 12-minute mark. Nitro goes, whoo-wee. But, you know, you, you look at Jim Helwig, who was then known as the Ultimate Warrior. And and it's one of those things to where you didn't, you weren't sure. You weren't no, didn't know if this was going to work. Because you, you look at the history of the Ultimate Warrior, and you know he came in. He was in. You know he worked. He tag team with Sting. Had that run in, with Jerry Jarrett, the Blade Runners. Then they, he went to World Class, and he was that Dingo Warrior, and then went up to WCW. Went up to WWF, and man, that Nitro goes hoo Steve Mongo McMichael. Wow. And I do love me some Mongo, by the way. There ain't nothing wrong with Steve Mongo McMichael. Only when Deborah was there, though. I'm a big fan of Deborah McMichael. <laughs> but, um, so Mongo was st- neat Chicago Bears coat there. If you're in Chicago, wow. Pretty cool. Um, but. You look at the context of him, and you know he had the run, Intercontinental title, Honky Tonk Man, SummerSlam 1988, one in like 30 seconds. Then he went off running. And the context of him debuting in WCW started because of what happened at WrestleMania 6, 1990, 
at the Toronto Sky Dome, the Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion. Hulk Hogan was the WWF Champion, known then as WWF, now WWE. In front of over 60,000 people, the Ultimate Warrior, the first guy to legitimately pin Hulk Hogan. Without any honky-wonky stuff like what happened with Hogan and Andre in 88. This time around, the Ultimate Warrior pinned the immortal Hulk Hogan to become the WWE then F champion. Sorry about that. You get When you get a, get a baby, there he is. There he is, making your debut, kid. Don't play there. And, you know, it's one of those matters of they never met again, which was so weird. That other W, that whole WWF run, they never met. Him and Hogan never met. And, you know, his warrior didn't stay around too much longer. He's an unsuccessful run on top. It was the whole thing was, Vince McMahon felt, hey, I, I need a new Hulk Hogan. I need my next big mega baby face. He thought it was the ultimate warrior running the tassels, running down to the ring, shaking up. Mongo facing sick boy here. Man. The part of the Ravens flock. Man. Good old sick boy. <laughs> but um, we're just going to bounce around here, and that's kind of how we're going to do this. But it's one of those things to where – you know, you look at it, and why didn't they meet again? Because, man, you could have gone WrestleMania 7. They could have had the rematch. Hogan could have regained the title. And I always wanted that in the back of my mind. I did, Who wanted to see Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter? I get why they went their route because of the Persian Gulf War. I get it. But I was like, oh, man, like money left on the table. And then... Hogan went on to win the title, to regain the title, and then the the Warrior had an awesome match with a retirement match with when he retired Randy Savage. So then Warrior went through that run tag team with Hogan at SummerSlam '91 against Slaughter and uh, I think it was General Adnan, and what Sid was the right. Ra- and this was the funny part. Sid was the referee. I was like, WTF, holy cow. And uh, Warrior held up Vince McMahon for more money. Vince is like, sure. And then what did Vince McMahon do right after the show? Cling, bang, boom. You're fired, buddy. Fired him. And then the ultimate return happened at WrestleMania 8. After Hogan headlined against Sid, and what is in my mind at the time was, and I think you can, it was the worst main event in the history of WrestleMania. That lasted until WrestleMania 33, when we unfortunately had to see Roman Reigns against The Undertaker. Man, look at Mongo here. Just like out of shape. It's like, man, you're NFL Steve Mongo. McMichael. It's like, come on. I want that's what I want to see. I don't want to see 
I don't want to see this. I want to see Mongo. Man. I want to see Mongo number 76. One of the great defensive ends of all time. I don't want to see out of shape Mongo. I always love he did the little knee. <laughs> oh, God, Mongo. And the Warrior came back after he w- Hogan was getting beat on by Papa Shango and Sid. Harvey Whippleman, the manager, said that was always kind of strange to me. And then, oh, here it comes. Screws up the tombstone getting him up. Poor sick boy. Man, the fans love them so Mongo. Man, big win for Mongo. <laughs> These people in Hartford, Connecticut, love them some Steve Mongo McMichael. Wow. The only good thing about Mongo was Deborah. And Deborah was long gone by this point, divorced and in WWE. But he came back, Warrior came back, ran down a lot smaller. Hinted. <laughs> Got rid of them, you know, stood tall with Hogan as the show ended, and you're thinking. And it was that Hogan was going to take a break. And you're like, man, another lost opportunity. I would have had Warrior like beat up Hogan, attack him from behind, and give Hogan the, you know, then Hogan can make it. If Hogan wants to come back, you know, at some point he can feud with Warrior. So the Warrior goes on, pretty lackluster run. You know, he headlined SummerSlam 92 against Randy Savage. The match was... No, not headlined. Cole headlined. He was just okay. Look at this broadcast team here. A very handsome Tony Schiavone. The professor, Iron Mike Tanay, And the living legend in his own mind. <laughs> Larry Zabisco. Now, I was a fan of Larry. Um, I like how Nitro did this. What WCW did. Like the first half of the show. Because this is when they were in the three-hour stage. In August of 98. Zabisco did the first half and Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan did the latter half. I like how WCW did that. Um, a ho-hum match with Savage. The match wasn't bad. It wasn't as good as the first one. And then, failed the drug test. Was supposed to headline Survivor Series 92 with, um, was supposed to be him and Savage against Ric Flair and Scott Hall, then known as Razor Ramon. And failed drug test, missed some shows, see you later. Didn't come back then until 1996. Was gone for four years. Came back, had the comic book, which I bought one because I was a 14-year-old who was a diehard fan of the Ultimate Warrior. There's Mean Woo! By God, Gene. Gotta love you, some mean Gene Oak. You have to. How can you not? Um, and here comes a DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. Now, the theme of this show, it was announced during this show by uh, TV company president J.J. Dillon that the War Games, which is going to be the next month in September, would be kept one team, the WCW team would be captained by DDP, NWO Hollywood being captained by Hulk Hogan, and then Team NWO Wolfpack, the black, the black and red, the red and black. I was a fan. I was a member of the Wolfpack at this time. Would be captained by Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Um, DDP so over at the time. 
There's one thing DDP loves, and that is some DDP. Good interview, except for bashing me. And an interview with on uh, busted open before all in. Said I made a falsehood about uh, in an article I did on Eric Bischoff. I did on all in. And DDP called me a liar, and I'm like, so I called him out and said I have the audio. You wanna? He didn't like what I wrote about the magnitude of the moment of All In compared to when Nitro said I was lying when and Bischoff never said it when I talked to Eric and Eric admitted that he said it. Um, that's for here nor there. But Warrior came back in '96, squashed Triple H, and poor Triple H's first WrestleMania appearance. I got squashed by the Ultimate. And then he became hard to work with, started missing dates once again, and then got fired from the company. And then a lawsuit happened, and they settled out of court. So it seemed like at that time, the time was going to be over. And now here is a key part of this. Around the 23-minute and 18-second mark, Paige says here he flew out west, told him about his plan to, in regards to Hogan. The almighty professional re- of professional wrestling. God, Hollywood scum. Talk to a guy out west. Who went. Who has. Who Hogan has never beaten. Hogan was 0-1. Against him. So you kind of. You knew, okay. The announcers kind of teased it. It was kind of known. But. At that point, you had you had to figure it out. And in the lead up to this, it was so... Because you look at the beginning of 98, WCW is in a good way. You know, they're still winning the ratings war every Monday night. Their 83-week run. Look at Paige here. But... You know, it's the thing here was you teased it, you knew it was going to happen, and then everyone's telling Because this is why you do, did it at a friend. You called your friends, hey, turn it on. The Ultimate Warrior is going to be on Monday Nitro. So you kind of, you get a sense at that point, okay, that's what's going to happen. And what led up to this particular moment here and led to this show was, ooh, here comes, oh, I forgot about this. Here comes the Hitman. God, talk about Bungling somebody. How did WCW screw up Brett the Hitman Hart? Coming off Montreal. This is such a tragedy of what was done here to poor Brett Hart. He should have been inserted right into a program with Hogan. Still let Sting Hogan happen. Maybe he changed the finish. I don't know. You can go from there and draw your own conclusion. But look at Brad here. When you show up to fight me, whether it's a U.S. championship or any kind of match, you better show up to fight, DDP. Don't blame me. Don't blame Hollywood Hogan. Suck it up and learn like the rest of us. You either win or lose. That's the price you pay in the WCW. I wonder how much he really believed that at that time. Man, there eight, nine months and used pretty horribly. Poor Brett. I, I, I feel pretty safe in saying Brett didn't like cutting that promo. 
But the beginning of 98, Danny was known as Jim. And this is the weird part. Beginning of 1998, he had already legally changed his name to the to Warrior. It's like, what? If I had to give myself a name, if I had to get rid of Steven Mulehausen, I would want to be known as... Um, let's see. Give myself a good name. Not Warrior. Um... Beast. Let's call me the Beast. Beast of Mulehausen. There it is. Ooh, and they're going to make a match. It's going to be Bret Hart, Rock, DDP, US title later on during the show. Man, I am Jack to the gills. So, in the beginning of 98, filed a lawsuit against the WWE. Um, it was due to like. It's just like money and the comic books. And he had a comic book that WWE was supposed to promote and do. And it was a bunch of hogwash. There was a lawsuit. He won the lawsuit, which was hard to win a lawsuit in those days and still is against WWE. But then in, then you start hearing the rumblings. It was This is all from um, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter by Dave Meltzer and WrestlingObserver.com, F4WOnline.com. They started talking, and this was confirmed by Eric Bischoff. And a lot of this is also part from Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks, where they talked about, he talked about this. It was, I listened to it before I did this just to get all my research in and make sure I had all the notes together because I don't want to lie to you guys. Um, he started, they started talking. They, it wasn't something they were, he wasn't thinking about, but. He they had a meeting. Bischoff went out to Scottsdale, Arizona, because the Warrior lived in Phoenix. So they met at a hotel and they had a two and a half, three hour conversation, according to Bischoff. And it was a lot of the Warrior talking, and you will see later on when we watch the segment together of of why. <laughs> and look at this, you're raving. Horace Hogan, man, what a waste. WCW wasting money on guys like Horace Hogan and not giving more of the spotlight to guys like Raven. The flock. I was always a flock guy. I was always a Raven guy. Man, talk about miss. Talk about underutilized. Great promo. Not bad in the ring. Very miscast in WCW, but that seemed to be par for the course, as we just talked about Bret Hart. But they talked. It was a lot of the warrior talking and talking about himself and the ideas he had where he could see the character going and wanted to market himself as a superhero. Because you look at what happened in 19, you know, when he had that run at WWE and you, you can understand it. You know, how he catered to kids and Look, and I get it, you know, that worked for him. And he made a ton of money. And that's how he became a multi-millionaire was because of that gimmick. And oh, here comes Saturday Canyon. Who better than Canyon? Yeah, and I like when the fans would go, 
everybody. And you go, nobody, I fooled you. I fooled you all. Making a tag match. Saturn and Raven. And it's Horace Hogan and Canyon. And neither partner can turn on each other. Or they will be suspended for 90 days. How dare you do that, J.J. Dillon? How dare you? So they were, they were talking, and the premise was, beginning of the conversation, according to Bischoff, was, okay, we will do a program with Hogan. And the deal would be, you know, at minimum, what they what was proposed was a two-pay-per-view deal, appearances on Nitro, and then we kind of see where it would go. It was a low, a low six-figure deal, a six-figure deal, low six-figure deal for per appearance. Good for him, by the way. Good, good for you, buddy. Pay-per-views were a low six-figure deal. No, not low. It was a low six-figure deal per appearance. That was was a low six-figure deal, which is not a bad deal. A six-figure deal, not bad. Bischoff thought it was around like 500000 for these appearances. So two pay-per-views, appear on some nitros. Okay. With him facing Hogan, it was the target destination. Look at here. Danger. High voltage. High voltage. Wow. I love how WWE, you talk to WCW and you watch this, and Tony Schiavone kept bringing up Raw's main event. Raw was taped this week. And how Raw, ooh, the disco, oh, I love me some of the disco Inferno. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at my kid here. Look, I'm wondering what I'm doing. He's looking at the disco Inferno. Do you like him? Look at that guy dancing. Look at him dancing. Disco fever. This will make you better. Okay, you gotta go. Yes, I know. Oh, he's gonna make me feel better. I after watching and Alex Wright high voltage against Disco Inferno and Alex Wright. I need to. He's trying to make me feel, but I need to feel better watching Alex Wright and Disco Inferno dance. Thank you, son. <laughs> um, but you look at. Oh, I love you, kid. You're, you're a good kid. But you look at this point, and, man, those six figures, you had a couple appearances, and you get to face Hulk Hogan in a headlining position, which ended up being Halloween Havoc 1998. What are you doing, man? And you got to look at it, and it's like, why not? You know, when Bischoff viewed it as a no-risk, no-risk deal here, you get, say you get him in, and this is how I view it. Bischoff disagreed, but I, I view it as, but you look at, the war was getting nip and tuck. WWE had in Mike Tyson, you're coming off WrestleMania, a banner WrestleMania 14. You had to figure, okay, Tyson's in. I know he's in. Tyson's already there. All the talks on WWE. What can we do to get get these ratings back? Let's. How do we keep the lead? And they didn't bring him in yet. It was a conversation. But you got to look at okay. This is getting nip. It's like what if they what if 
they start winning in the ratings? What if they start drawing better buy rates on pay-per-view? What do you do? Who can we bring in? What? How can we derail the momentum WWE has with Steve Austin and, you know, with Tyson and, you know, you had The Rock was starting the rock and roll and DX was still roaring and Mick Foley had The Undertaker. WWE was kicking some Rudy Tooty booty. God, look at high voltage here. Bunch of Roy steroids. Man, I don't want to say you're on steroids, but man, you were taking some definitely some vitamins. <laughs> so, you know, so they agree to a deal. A two pay-per-view deal appear on a series of episodes of Monday Nitro. But they didn't know when the match with Hogan would actually take place. And I can get this because you look at the time. You didn't want to do because, you know, Nitro aired on TNT. You had the NBA playoffs, a little bit of the summertime. You know, you're going through all that. You know, WCW is going to pre- be preempted some weeks or they're going to start later. Or even I remember there were some they were on different days. They, sometimes they were on Tuesdays. They had to be accommodating to the NBA because the NBA aired on TNT. And that was a lot more advertising revenue than even from what WCW was doing at the time. So they finally came up and Meltzer reported that they, the Observer reported the newsletter. We're going to go August 17th and it's going to be in Hartford. Now you're thinking, perfect. I... As much as people want to say Bischoff's an idiot, I don't think Eric's an idiot. I don't. I've talked to Eric a couple times. I had my suspicions when I first interviewed Eric Bischoff, and I've never talked about this with him. Never talked about what happened here. Oh, and here comes Ming. God, what a top, what a badass. I don't know what the I forget what they were doing here with me. I remember he was teaming with the Barbarian for a time. Look at Ming. He's just beating up high voltage. I forget. Rage and Chaos, I think their names were. Chaos, yeah, Rage and Chaos. The Tongue and Death Grip. Oh, that's great. There's a, there's, there's an, oh, those chops. Wow. They're all laid out here. Disco Inferno, Alex, right? Now... Raging chaos. Poor referee Billy Silverman trying to. And there's a tongue and death grip to you, Billy Silverman. One. Oh, tongue and death grip. <laughs> that tongue sticking at all. This is great. <laughs> oh, my God. This is phenomenal. This is better than when I watched it on Sunday night. Here comes security. Oh, come on, man. These security people. Stop. Puts his hands on him. Oh, there's a tongue in death grip. Look at Ming. Legit one of the toughest men in the history of wrestling. And look at here comes this Jamoke. These sell it as, Shivani sells it as pepper spray, but yeah. Look at this guy's hair too. It's a total night mullet 1980s. This is 98, man. Get rid of the mullet. There's a tongue in death grip. And then like I give the guy credit. Like, he tried to spray him a little more. Eh, not a chance, man. The power of Ming. Ming was phenomenal. And the crowd just eating it up. The crowd, anyone at this time was getting a reaction. That's what I loved about this Attitude Era, where guys that you never thought could get reactions like that were getting them. So, this is a how hot wrestling was it. I mean, you're getting anywhere from 8 to 10 million people a week during this time watching pro wrestling. Absolutely fantastic. 
who's coming up with it. I always love that. Turner did good camera shots. I like how they go in like that, and then they come out. Good zoom in, good zoom out. These The camera guys they had here were really, really, really top-notch. I give them a ton of credit. ton of credit. Now, getting back to Eddie Guerrero. God rest in soul. I love me some Eddie Guerrero. He's got the coffee. Now, this was a time where an Eddie, Eddie Guerrero on the stick in nineteen in August of 98 is not as good as the Eddie Guerrero that we ended up seeing on the mic once he got to WWE. Um, but getting back to the Warrior debuting, it's kind of where you got to pick. You got to very be very picky and choosy. And then it was agreed upon they would do – they would debut him in Hartford. And – at the time, WCW really wasn't going to the East Coast. That's, w, that's WWE territory. Why would you go there? But this was perfect. Give the, I give Bischoff a ton of credit here. Because you've got to look at it. The Ultimate Warrior made his name into WWE. WWE made their mark in the East Coast. Headquarters of the WWE. Located in Stamford, Connecticut. A hop, skip, and a jump to Hartford is Hartford. Going closest to their home base is humanly possible. Pure genius. Absolutely pure genius by Eric Bischoff and the team at World Championship Wrestling. Now, the speculation was that he was going to go, but you really didn't know for sure. It was more of like... It, According to the Observer, it was a more a matter of when, not if. And Bischoff agreed, and they, that's when they finally came up. Okay, we're going to be in Hartford. We're going to debut him here. NBA's done. Ratings are nip and you got to look at this time, too. Heading into this show, only one time in the – right at the beginning, for this show, one time in the – Nitro had only won once in the last five weeks. And that was when Bill Goldberg defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WCW title in a crowd of near 40,000 people at the over 40,000 people at the Georgia Dome. They gave away an eight, nine million dollar revenue generating pay-per-view to win one night of ratings. Bischoff can say it differently. And he has. But in this instance. They had to do it. So you're looking like, okay, you know, you're looking, we only had one ratings win in five weeks. The NBA was done. Had been done for a few weeks. Baseball at the time was still on TBS. It was Braves baseball. But this, this promo went too long. I like Eddie. But he's talking about getting mistreated in WCW, and which he was. Him, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, these guys weren't getting Ray Mysterio, they weren't getting the credit. And Raven, Bright Hart, paying, getting paid a good amount of money, but not getting used to their full potential to build new stars. And that was the biggest problem. The failure to big, build big star, build stars, and look, except for Bill Goldberg, and look at what ended up happening and getting sold to WWE, going out of business and being sold to Vince McMahon in 2001. And... Yeah, too long of a promo here. Like, the fans were cutting too much in and out. It was one of these things where it's like, come on, stop. This is where I'm looking at my phone last night. I'm not going to lie. I was looking at my phone. 
I don't want to say something. You would never. T- saying Eric would never give him the time of day. And so on and so forth. Um, but first day of ticket sales. And these numbers were so mind-boggling. And this was from the Observer. And I have it right here. 10,000. First, first week. 10,707 tickets for a gate of $262,905. This was without advertising him. And I've always been, I've always had a bone to pick in terms of this. Of not debut, not hyping him. Not saying he was coming. I know it's never been in there. He goes, Eddie says he's quitting. He's going home. He's got a suitcase. I like when he threw the coffee at himself. Take this job and shove it up your butt. That's what I hate. They never said ass. So bothersome. So bothersome to me. But the fact they never promoted this. Never promoted the appearance. You waited until Diamond Dallas Page came out. And talk about, oh, you know, I got a surprise and a guy for, as my partner at War Games, you know, be here tonight. Got a surprise for Hogan. Hogan's never beat him. He's, Hogan's 0-1 against him. It's like, you waited until then to maximize the, then you're relying on people in a short amount of time to call the friends, call the family members, invite the crew over. Or go um, call the telephone, call them. You could have given them, even if you gave them a week, give them a week's notice. I would have had no problem with that. At least you're pubbing it. People are going to know at that point. Because people aren't stupid. You look at August 17th, 1998. People aren't doing that. People aren't going on the internet as much. Oh, and here comes the match. Raven, Canyon, Raven and Saturn against Horus and Canyon. Raven rules match. We have a Raven's rules match. Only, could, no count out, no disqualification. And Horus Hogan brings out a stop sign. That's the big thing in 98, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I got no problem with it. I took a, I used, I remember when I was probably around this age. I was 17. I took the old wrench and stole stop signs. Hey, why not? Had no problem with that at all. But you got to look at, and you look at, you know, promote, not promote. I'm a big believer in that just because maximize your audience. They didn't do that. I would have promoted him. Promote him more. Why not? You're in a war. You're getting your tail handed to you. You had to give away your one big money generating main event. Maybe you make $10 million on that. That's a big, the undefeated Bill Goldberg. Against the iconic, the biggest star in the history of pro wrestling. The immortal Hulk Hogan. And you give it away on free tea for $0. All it cost me was... Some pizzas with my buddies and some soda. Maybe it cost me 10 bucks. Always, always 
I've never been happy with WCW on that. Um, but back to the contract. Because we got, you know, I think in this contract, yeah, it was a two pay-per-view deal, appearances on Nitro. But they had an agreement to where you they could have extended it longer. Both sides, according to Bischoff, they had, both sides had outs in the deal if they, after the two pay-per-views and the Nitro appearances. If they felt it wasn't jiving, Either side can be like, hey, this isn't working for us, and we can get out. Either side. He viewed it as an experiment. And boy, did it end up coming becoming an experiment. <laughs> but that was... So you look at it that way, okay, they both get a feel for each other. To see if it'll work. I wish more wrestling companies would do that. I don't know why WWE doesn't do that more. AEW should do that. Why not? Why not do it and see what happens? You get a feeling you sign a very short-term deal. Okay, you appear for this. You appear on this many, whether it's Raw, SmackDowns, NXT, pay-per-views, or Dynamites, Darks, pay-per-views. Make a certain set of appearances, do some media stuff, and then you go, you go from there. Ethan. Neither, sorry about that. That's what happens when you have children. Neither side wins here. So both sides win. I don't have no problem with that. I actually like how that's done. Why not? I wish we would see more of that. But we don't. And I think that's something that, I think that would help talent. It's kind of like sports. You know, you sign like a one-year deal. Regardless of the sport. I don't have no problem with that. God, Canyon is so good here in the ring. We'll edit that out. I am very sorry, guys. Something you got to deal with. With babies and, but no, getting back, you know, you just, you really got to look at it here and will that ever happen? Probably not. I wish it would, but we know how we, we know how the pro wrestling business works. And unfortunately they don't do that. Um, Oh, <laughs> I always love when guys go on to turnbuckle and they get racked. Always got to love the wreckage. <laughs> I always thought that was the greatest, but um, but no, I wish they would do that more. And Bischoff's right. You view it as an experiment. You give each other, and if you want to stay, you want to. It's like it's like a, when you start dating. There's no commitment. Maybe this is a bad analogy, but you have like you have a commitment, and you see what happens, it, and it works out. Whatever happens is going to happen. And you, can, you go your separate ways. It's okay, no hurt feelings. Well, in wrestling at this time, there's always hurt feelings. It's the wrestling business. But, ooh, that hurt. <laughs> but no, that very smart move I thought by both parties. And where you do that, you see what you, you get through the man. You see how much money he's made, how the ratings are. You can, you can kind of get a feel and talk to the talent that 
either party is working with, and then you can you go from there. Bischoff viewed it as a no-risk situation, which I think Eric's right. It is. It's no risk. Yeah, you lose a little. Your com- Maybe your company loses a little money. Because at this time, it was based on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view was such a big driver where now it's it's streaming and it's, you know, WWE doesn't do pay-per-views. Or AEW does the WWE Network and they, they don't really promote pay-per-view. And, which I think is a big disservice. I think in this day of age, it's been proven you can still make money on pay-per-view. So more than, I don't know how, and I maybe I'll talk to Eric and we'll see if they made money on him. I'm very intrigued by that. Did they make money on him? Look at Raven here trying to go for a bulldog on look like maybe a diamond. Look at Canyon here. <laughs> they needed to bag the head on the chair. Ouch. Ooh. <laughs> look at poor Saturn. Saturn's like, I want to go. I don't like you, Raven. Because the old premise is Saturn wants to leave the flock. They, they're going to meet at Fall Brawl, and if Saturn wins, the Flock's got to disband. If Raven wins, Saturn's got to rejoin the Flock and be subservient to Raven. If I remember correctly, Saturn won the match. And here comes the great Horus Hogan, brother. I'm sorry, this guy had, like, zero talent. This guy. I like this match. This guy's terrible. Such a bu- buzzkill. Poor, poor, poor. And then, yeah, you know, and I mentioned Horace Hogan had a lot of, some big shoes to fill. You know, your your uncle's the biggest, looking at this time, the biggest star in the history of the business. People are viewing you differently. And, you know, you're green as grass and not that good at this point. And he never really turned out to be very good. Especially when you look at the talent in the ring here. Raven, at this time, top, in my mind, one of the top heels in the business. Saturn's a, a good character. Canyon's just a great all-around talent. Very mis- very underutilized. And a big splash by Horace Hogan. I always like the partner, the old head to the, head to the crotch, to the groin area. Mickey J, the referee, a very underrated referee. But no, you got to look at. And I thought another thing, as far as thinking about the contract, he didn't have creative control. When this, you see this segment, you're going you're to wonder why. And people ask, and it's something I don't get asked by this generation. People don't talk about. Hogan much. You ask about Hulk Hogan, it's kind of like, oh, the old guy. You look at my generation. I'm 39. Oh, my God. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. I had the Ultimate Warrior pillow and the action figures. I used to run in my house going, that was me. I was that guy. Oh, my God. Horace Hogan was so lost. Good flapjack by Canyon. God, Canyon's so good. 
Here comes the stop sign. Boom, boom. Head home. Don't show the fans. Ah, there goes Canyon. And here comes. Oh, this is a, oh, a devastating DVD. That's Family Driver. Oh, my God. The neck. The neck of poor Horace Hogan. Oh, my God. My neck hurts just watching it. Oh, we. Oh, we. Wow. But creative control at that time wasn't really too prevalent. If you weren't Hulk Hogan, you didn't have it. Uh-oh. Pissed off Raven. Here it comes. Even flow DDT. That DDT was nasty. I've always been a, a guy. The DDT today gets so monopolized. It gets bastardized. You hit a DDT, your head's hitting the mat. It should be a pin. It should be a finisher. This day of age was a finisher. Now it's just a move, which I think really hurts wrestling. Look at Horace. I want to beat him up, Raven. They're back on the same page. Oh, here Oh, the full Nelson slam a jamma. Ooh, Raven. Yeah, screw you, buddy. You don't take the spotlight from me and even flow to you. Raven's on a rampage here. Even flow the Horus. Even flow the Saturn. Oh, I missed him doing it to Kidman. Look at poor Riggs. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I love it. Raven is fan. Oh, my. One of my favorite characters of all time. Definitely Raven. But you look at it here. You look at this night. You get to August 17th. The reason we're here. August 17th, 1998. Show ended up selling out. 12,665. Not bad. Now without even anyone knowing the Ultimate Warrior would be there. Now at this point, he's just known as the Warrior. Was not allowed to use the Ultimate Warrior. Through some legal shenanigans. Was just the Warrior. Here we go. Now you're thinking here, okay, this is it. Because they're promoting it. And it's... I think it's Scott. Oh, it's the Wolfpack. Wolfpack in the house. K-Dog. Big Sexy. Sting. Red and Black Sting in Lex Luger. How does Sting go from the crow, black and white, to now the red and black? And I'm sorry, I've never been a fan of Lex Luger. Talk about someone who made a millions of dollars just because he had muscles. He had a good body. I just never, I never got what people... In wrestling, saw with Luger. Okay, he had the body. He just wasn't a good, really good worker. He's the epitome of a body business. And you can say the same with the same, the Warriors, same way. But if you're talking about who people are going to remember, boy, you're going to remember the Warrior. We're doing a, I, we were already at 50 minutes. We're not even, at, I'm not even talking about the segment yet. And so, so, but no, I just, 
Look at Sting. That, that hair. Wow. That's some beautiful hair. And how can you not hate K-Dog? K-Dog was... Conan was great. Rowdy, rowdy, bowdy, rowdy. Viva la raza. Adele, adele. Conan had a great charisma. And Conan could flat out work. I thought Conan a very... Another guy. Underrated. So what happens when you enter the WCW. You end up being very... <laughs> you don't get utilized very well. Poor Conan. Luger. Horrible on it. Luger couldn't do anything except flex his muscles. And do a good torture rack. Horrible on the mic. Horrible in the ring. But if you needed someone to flex their muscles... And I know Lex is in bad shape these days. But God... That's all you were good at. It made millions and millions of dollars and pissed it all away. I like Sting. Hall of Famer, drew a lot of money, had him some really good matches. Except for WrestleMania 31 when you he should have beaten Triple H. And that is for here and there. I imagine we'll do a watch along of that WrestleMania at some point. But it's like, fans are into it. Wolfpack, Ride in Black. I had a Wolfpack shirt. I'm not going to lie. I should... Wish I, I need to find a picture of it. So I was down with the Wolfpack. I was down with NWO Hollywood. But if I had to pick between the two, I was definitely a Wolfpack guy. It was, it was more hip. They were more cool. Except for Hogan. Hogan was the guy. Hogan and Bret. And Bret Hart's like five incarcerations into the NWO. Look at Big Sexy here. God. Another guy with beautiful hair. Kevin Nash had a great set of hair. He may have been the worst strong WWE champion, but you know what? There was also a time in the business to where nothing was working. WCW was stale. The WWE was stale. They tried some, Vince McMahon tried something new, and it didn't work. But it made Kevin Nash a crack ton of money, and I can never be grudged. And then same thing about Luger. Even though Luger had... Even though my whole my pinky has more had more has more in ring talent than Lex Luger, you know what? He only had he had a million dollar body and he capitalized on that and good for him. He sucked you know sucked ass in the ring, but but you know what though? He made his money. Look at Nash, very underrated promo guy, Kevin Nash. Crowd just eating it up here, talking about how he's going to war games. He's gonna face Bill Goldberg. At Halloween Havoc. Because that was the whole premise of the match. Whoever won the War Games cage match. Would go on to face Bill Goldberg at Halloween Havoc. Why Bill Goldberg. Later on in this show. Bill Goldberg did defend a WCW title. Against the Giant. I forgot to mention that. Now I apologize. We're working on the kinks here. This is like our guinea pig watch along here. As I loved about these promos at the time. Short. Quick. And to the point. They got in. Came in in about three minutes. About a little over five minutes. Get in, get out, and be done. We do not get that in the upcoming segment here. And we're about to see in moments. And look at this broadcast. Bobby Heenan. Mike Tenay. Tony Schiavone. I like Heenan here. He's got a t-shirt on. He's got a button-up shirt unbuttoned. 
Bobby Heenan's fantastic. I know him and I know Tony Schiavone is kind of ragdoll Bobby Heenan, which I it's kind of, that's kind of crappy. I can never. You don't ever want to speak ill will of the dead, but come on, can't do that. Can't do that at all. That is just not cool. Like, if, unless Tony said it to his face, I don't know if he ever did. Nine Otters, they're hyping it up some more. He's got a page has a shocker for Hogan. It's making its rounds on the internet. It, the warrior is going to be coming, but the internet wasn't, you maybe had one at this time. If you had 5% of the people watching at home reading, and I hate when people say dirt sheets. Now you're thinking here, Hogan's coming out, but no, because you hear the NWO music, you're getting excited. All right. Instead, the first person I see is Vincent, along with Scott Norton. How did this guy have a job? Come on. I know why Scott Norton had a job, because Scott Norton was great in the ring, and Scott Norton's a legit badass. Former IWGP heavyweight champion. Scott Norton, a very good worker. Never really, for a big man, Scott Norton can, can work. And here is who, and Scott freaking Butsky. How did, another one, how in the blue moon does this guy get a job? Come on. Don't forget, subscribe. If Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button. Like the video as well. And if you're listening to the audio version, make sure you guys you rate, review, more importantly, subscribe, leave a review, give five stars, leave any comments you guys have, even if it's derogatory, leave it. I want to know, how can we improve these? Because these are going to be improved. This is our guinea pig watch along. Man, Norton. Norton wasting no time telling, I don't get paid by the hour. Boom. Missed clothesline. Wow, I didn't even realize Putzky had, had offense in. <laughs> Dropkick. Ha! Look at Vincent. I'm going to get No. Get your butt down. You tell him, Nick Patrick. And adios to Ivan Putzky. <laughs> I said Ivan Putzky. That's his dad, former WWF champion. Boom! The power bomb, And there it is. The one, the two, and the three. Now. If you're listening to the audio version, and I was trying to finish, doing the audio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Overcast, Anchor, any of your favorite podcasting platforms, you listen that way. What a powerbomb here by, by Scott. Flash Norton. I think his name his nickname was Flash. The middle name nickname was Flash. Now I gotta try and promote Kurt Henning Dean Malenko. 
Call him a sawed-off punk. Kurt Henning. Fear God rest his soul. Very underrated on the stick. He was perfect. All right. Here we are. And the reason... Now, I stopped in here. Now, go. If you fast-forwarded through all of this to hear this, go to the WWE Network. Go to the one-hour, six-minute, and 15-second mark. Hit the play button. Get there. Stop it. One hour, six minute and 15 second mark. And here comes that NWO music we all love. NWO. Thunder. What a waste of a show. I'm sorry, I didn't need another night of WCW. Here comes Easy E. Hollywood. Now, at this time, I was a big fan of the heels. I I loved Hollywood Hulk Hogan and the disciple behind him. <laughs> Why did Hogan? Why did they bring that Joker in? What a waste of money. Full beard, flowing hair, the Hollywood bandana. Look at Bischoff. I always loved when Hogan came out because you know Bischoff was there and Bischoff just held the mic and just lavished the praise. I was loving Hogan. Look at the tan here on Hogan. Look at the tan of Hulk Hogan. I am so jealous. What a tan. He says, I love you too, Eric. Hogan saying, NWO Hollywood doesn't play no more stinking games. And J.J. Dillon trying to put a wrinkle on the plans for war games. Says he's going to take care of all the trash of yesterday's garbage like Kevin Nash, Diamond Dallas Page. And Hollywood's going to be your champion. I'm going to go to Halloween Havoc, beat Bill Goldberg, and regain my WCW title. The title's his. He's going to bring wrestling into the millennium. (laughs) I like how he called Page an ugly-looking creep. He's not wrong. Paige is an ugly guy. He looks like a creeper at this stage. Says he makes no rules. Says Eric Bischoff's the boss. He signs all the documents. Says he Paige couldn't bring anybody if he had to. I love this. Who is there that Hollywood can't handle? And the crowd starts, crowd's getting it now. Channing Warrior's name. 
Says he's the god of wrestling. Says he always be the man. I like this. There's a wrestler I cannot beat. There's a war that I cannot win to get my belt back. And there's not a warrior in the world. And the lights go black, start going a little flickering. Sounds like a little thunder type of noise. A little t -t -t -t. Like, I got goosebumps right now. Legit goosebumps. You see the video. Goosebumps. Here comes the noise. Tornado sirens. The warrior starts talking. Look at the laser show. There's one thing WCW didn't do at the time. Lasers. So that's like something new. The thunder. The fans. This reaction. Unbelievable. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen. The former WWE champion. Here come the fireworks. You knew who it was. I got goosebumps now, and I've watched this twice within the last, like, 15 hours. Look at Hogan. That lip quivering. What a great sell job there by Hulk Hogan. Fan, great job there by Hogan. The smoke. What an ovation. I got goosebumps right now. This is unbelievable. As you look at that time in August of 98, you're thinking they're never going to... Whoever you'd see the Ultimate Warrior in WCW. The Warrior in WCW. And there he is. I love it. He says, talk to me, Warriors. You know, I like this here. He's got the pants, the jeans, the cowboy boots. Look at the face there. What a great job by Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry. You can say what you want about Hulk Hogan. But the facial expression, Hogan sold this very well. I, I, I thought you were dead. Oh my God, such a classic line. What an ovation. Loud, loud chance for Warrior. Hogan back. Just a great, I thought an overall, the opening moments here by really sold it the facial expressions really made this here yeah you're gonna hear you're gonna hear all the hogwasher i think hogan didn't say all hogan talked was at the beginning i think that was a mistake i mean we're gonna look at this now I do like this here. I know people are like, oh, he's not talking, but letting the crowd get the crowd going. And you have him, like, start walking around. You have him looking, you know, staring. This is like Hogan looks in shock. And you get this was the right move that Bischoff did here was this was the right town the right town because the crowd's just eating it up anything that's coming out of his mouth right now the crowd is absolutely just eating it up 
This is great. I like Shivani there saying, I think Hogan scared that. Hogan sold this so well. Hands him this shirt. What is that smell? They get an implication like Hogan peed himself. Ah, that's well done. Well done. Okay, for years. Saying that the industry has tried to recreate him with Hogan on as the figurehead and they have failed. There's some validity to that. I think just because the business went through a really bad patch until the NWO. It's not totally wrong. This promo right now is complete hogwash. But the crowd. I like when he always lives as a the reappearance. <laughs> Which Says he's never forgot. People's places, people, places, and things are never forgotten. Like, <laughs> I just love Hogan. He's just like looking at the disciple, like, what the hell? That was a great sense there by Warrior. Can't tell it was losing it a little bit. Went him and it got pretty close to Hogan, and the crowd started ramping back up. That's the most important thing people don't, these guys don't do now. I know there's no audiences right now, but even when there was a crowd, I don't feel like enough talent would get a sense for the crowd. They just go on with their promo and do what's on on the script. Hogan is getting these little things and the crowd is chaining Hogan sucks. This, not the world's greatest promo, but <laughs> good line there. Let's talk about something he doesn't know. Well done. It's just, we're Didn't need all the habak jabba here. Could have gotten more to the point. Says Hogan misplaces his history and doesn't acknowledge the fact that he ever lost to the Warrior at WrestleMania 6. Talked about they had an epical battle.
Not wrong. Oh, there goes my mic. Not wrong. It was a great night. It was a, quite arguably, at, the, at that time, that was the best match in the Warriors' career. No joke. He may have beaten Missile Giants and other great men. Like I said, but you never, never beat a warrior. It's true. Very, very, very true. And I just think, because no one, if you, you look at the context of it, take, you take the promo as about face. At the time, you, a match like that wasn't really on the people's, wasn't on the conscience of many people. Just because of the Warriors' history, for one, no one, who was thinking about it? I know I wasn't. Why would I? There's no reason to think about it. None at all. Just because Warrior had gone on his own merry way. Seeming like he really wanted nothing else to do more with wrestling. And Hogan was making a ton of money, drawing money with guys like going to WCW back, drawing money with Sting. And I thought a good run with, you know, I thought a surprisingly good money making run with Luger. You know, the feud with Piper. So, you know, the run he had with Vader. So you got to look at it in terms of maybe the the ultimate warrior really wasn't resonating into people's minds. No one would ever think, okay, he's going to WCW. I never would have thought that. I always thought he would be, as you get those guys like the undertaker, they're WWE guys. Why is he going to go there? Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Makes no sense. He beat the unconquerable. Back to what we were talking about earlier with the fact that he was the guy that first legitimately pinned Hulk Hogan. I like how he snuck in the ultimate. I was ultimate. <laughs> the way you had to do things just to sneak it in just because you didn't. At that time, both companies were so happy to each other. Wasting money. Okay, that's when you knew. I would have ended the promo right there. I wouldn't have gone on with the rest of this. Talk about the two fools behind you. He points at the disciple. Saying he must be his barber. Wow. What a jab. What a jab. That was pretty good. And then he points at Bischoff. But you look at it at this point. I would have ended it. It is ultimate. I would have stopped. This is where it went too long. Because right now you're 14 minutes in. 
You could have gotten away with it at 13 and you could have been done. Eric goes, who invited you? You did, Eric. I would have loved if he said that. I always love when you want... There's always a time I wish a talent would slip up and it would have said, well, since you're the president, you invited me. When I'm done with my business, I'm going to be sending you a bill. Good man. The Warriors have waited patiently. See, I never understood. Okay, you say that here. My biggest thing here is the matter of the fact he you beat him you beat him if we're looking into realism here let's take the fantasy hat off for a second look at realism why do you want it you won hogan should be calling you out not the other way around i like a good job here is you're previewing there they can meet in the future I do like that. A little foreshadowing. But you're starting to lose the crowd here a little bit because the crowd's not as much into the segment. And it, like that's why I said, you should have ended this at the 219, the 119 mark and not keep going. That's where the, the mis- a mistake was made. Using words like self-indulgent. People don't know what that word probably meant. I barely know what that means now. He says, I am the one that has the power to destroy you. (laughs) What? Get out of here. But the fan got the fans back a little bit there. Just like listening here, and it's just like. See, this is right. Why are you here then? What is he? This is where I got lost. Beating you anymore does nothing. Hulkamania did become boring. He's not wrong there. Hulkamania was getting very stale by the time Hogan turned heel. And next week, bring a revolution that not even you can control. And that was the ill-fated one, Warrior Nation. 
Oh. Ask him to find the courage. Check it out next week. I like this close. A very good close. I like that, like, fuzzy screen. That's pretty cool. The fuzzy screen. I know people bash this part. Then there, there goes the smoke, the lights, the thunder, the crowd roars. Look at Hogan's reaction. Bischoff turns around, disciple looks. Hogan's like, where the hell did he go? Kyle Chaining Warrior. Wondering where he went. Still chaining Hogan sucks. Then the laser with the Warrior logo. Okay, and I hit the stop button. At one minute, one hour, 25 minutes, and 24 seconds. Bischoff says that segment lasted 27 minutes. No, Eric. It lasted 19 minutes and 9 seconds. I was a big fan of how we left. Of the smoke, the darkness, the thunder, and then boom, done. The trap door under the trap door and they lifted them down and then there you go. I thought well done. Um, I just that now you look at the context of the promo and I know this promo is like oh you know the fans were asleep da 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 da. The last six minutes were not very good. You had me for the first 13 minutes of the promo. That promo could have been done in that time frame. Because for that first 13 minutes, the promo is really good. I'm a fan of the promo. But then, the rails go off. And give you could have compacted that all in 13 minutes. When they go to the part, ah, ultimate, and then you can go, and I'll see you next week. Then you can go, same all your time, same all your channel, and then you could have, could have gone out. And you could hear Bischoff. And Bishop said in the pockets, and I didn't notice it the first time. But I did there when he's like, wrap it up. Very audible. And there was a good job there by Eric. And he's Eric doing one kind of, we got it. Segments are going to miss, commercial blocks. Going, you know, guys are going to miss in ring time, maybe some promo time. And they had to redo part of the show. And But I think the promo went to me six. The segment went six minutes too long. I would have stopped it at like the 119 mark. You could have got that segment in 13 minutes and could have been done. So, you know, I, the promo, yeah, six minutes too long. At times, I think he, at times he rambled. He got, he did ramble, but you got to remember too. And this is quite a word, you know, you, I, you sit back and look on it. You could look back on it now, even if it's 22 years later. Man, eight years to think about that promo. And he got everything out that he wanted to get out. And 
was it an A plus promo? No, I'd give it a B minus. But it's a memorable moment in wrestling, and that's the thing that you know. And this is why I'm doing this. The Ultimate Warrior, yeah, and the Warrior. And I keep saying the Ultimate Warrior. He debuted in World Championship Wrestling. That's an iconic moment. The setup could have been better. I still would have promoted it a week out. And I know Eric's been very dismissive of that. But you promote that more. And this is why you promote it more. You look at the whole overall night. Nitro won the night. 4.9 to 4.2. Their second win in six weeks. The quarter drew a 6.4. And Raw did a... Raw's quarter did a 3.1, which featured Bark a uh, brawl for all contest between the winner, eventual winner Bark Gun and Godfather. So more than double the segment. Now the segment after that went down to a 4.5. People saw it, contrary to what and what I think is, people saw what they wanted to see, and then they got out. They saw it, they knew it was coming, and then they got out. But that could have been so much bigger than a 6.4 for the quarter. The show then would have delivered a higher rating. People would have stayed. I would have done this at the end of the show. That's just me. I would have pushed it as long as I could. I wouldn't have put it at this point of the show. Because at this point, each hour is 44 minutes. An hour of wrestling is 44 minutes. About 44 minutes. You're looking at that point, you're near, you're at like the 90 minute, a three hour show, you're at the 90 minute mark of the show. You're at the crossover point. You're entering a new quarter. Now I know this is boring, but it makes sense. You want to hit, you want to start at the quarter or a couple minutes before the quarter. I would have ended the show with this. Because then you know, okay, now he's got to come here. I didn't like the placement of it either. I would have placed this at the end. I would have hyped it a week out, at least a week out. Maybe you go longer, but I, I think my rule is, I think, to me, you go at least a week, and then you go from it. Because then you look at the next week. Raw, I'm saying Raw, Nitro was here at the United Center in Chicago. 17,000. Because it wasn't sold out at the time. I remember, I got tickets. I went to the show. I went with my buds. 17,094 fans. A $355,000 gate. And no, we did not get a 19-minute segment. We got an 8-minute promo. Which was 8-minute segment, which was fine. That was perfect. Um, I'm going to... You know, it's an, it was an iconic time in the business. You look at that moment. The potential was there. It really was. Now, it didn't end up going the way everyone wanted it to go. You know, he didn't look good at all in the ring. At Fall Brawl, he tore his bicep. He was only in there a few minutes. Then you had the ill-fated match at Halloween Havoc and with Hogan. And the Pirate was good. Fall Brawl did, did pretty good. I don't remember Pirates. And we'll do, maybe we'll do a Halloween Havoc 98 podcast when that, we'll do a watch along when that time comes. 
and I can give you the buy rate and so on and so forth. I don't have it right on top of me right now. But I remember them doing well. And, but he was gone in November. It was either November or December of 98. He was in and out. And it was like well, exactly what Bischoff said. If both parties were, they each had out, opt-outs is what we call them now. You call them a lot of, you know, NBA and hockey and baseball have them. Either side's unhappy, you get in and get out and you're done. And that's what we saw here. Um, an ill-fated run? Yes. But if we're, like, we're talking about this one night, August 17th, 1998, Hartford, Connecticut, was a magical night. Something I thought would never see, and I know a lot of, I can say I can speak for a lot of my friends. And if you're a wrestling fan, no one could have ever thought the Ultimate Warrior would be in W ever appear in WCW. The ending wasn't the Cinderella fairy tale ending that we all wanted it to be, and that's the story of the Warriors' career. You know, and I don't hate speaking speaking bad of the people who are not allowed to defend themselves because he's he passed away in 2014, right after WrestleMania 30. But the run he was in short spurts and then he was out. That was the story of the latter half of his career. And you know, but for one night, it was a very magical night. And one I will never forget, and I haven't forgot about. And that's why I did this today. But thank you for everyone that that has watched and or listened. If you were watching this on YouTube, even if you're listening to the IAO version, like the video, but more importantly, subscribe to the channel. That helps out tremendously. It goes up in the YouTube and the Google rankings. So like the video and please subscribe to the video if you're listening on the audio version. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, Anchor, all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can follow the podcast page on Facebook, The Walkway to Fight Club. Boom, like it, follow, bam, simple as that. Follow on Twitter, at Walkway Fight. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Walk Way to Fight Club. Thank you, everybody, so much. It means a whole lot to me that you we're doing this. We're on a good little streak here. Got stuff with Paige Van Sant that did very well, the reaction video and audio, and also what we did with UFC 252 and the results show, and that did very well as well. We're going to be doing a lot more of these. We're going to have another one later on this week. SummerSlam. 2005, 15 years ago will be, Friday will be 15 years since Shawn Michaels embarrassed himself and in in over, embarrassed himself in the headlining match with Hulk Hogan. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do a watch along, not just of that match. That's the main focus, but we're going to watch the entire show. But we will be talking mainly about the main event, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan. One-on-one, the first time, and one that ended up being the only time. This is the, and you can also follow me on Twitter at smealhausenjr. I forgot about that as well. But this later on this week, it'll come out on Friday, SummerSlam 2005, Shawn Michaels against the immortal Hulk Hogan. SummerSlam 2005. Wow, 15 years ago. That makes me very old. Another iconic time in wrestling. Two of the all-time greats. The greatest in-ring performer of all time. 
against the biggest the biggest long long standing attraction in the history of pro wrestling the first time it was supposed to be more but it ended up being the only time and we'll give you the whole story about that we will talk to you on friday this is steven Mielhausen, and i'll talk to you guys next time